0: Gossip, the F1 podcast. Yo, welcome to Grid Gossip. My name is Dell. This is episode one. We are finally launching. So excited that you guys can join us today on the show. We'll be covering the Austrian Grand Prix, round two rolling out our F1 new crew segment for all the new fans out there. And then my awesome co-host Julie will be leading us through the off-grid gossip segment where we get down and talk about all the juicy gossip going on this week. But without any further ado, let me introduce my amazing co-host Julie.
1: Hey everyone, so excited for our first episode here of Grid Gossip, excited to get into the past weekend with you guys, share some fun facts, all of the things that were happening on Instagram, um, as well as things that were going down with qualifying in the actual race.
0: Yep, yep, but uh, we were just talking before we kicked it off and I don't know if you're supposed to say this, but a little nervous, a little nervous, I'd say like 7 out of 10 for me.
1: Yeah, probably a 9 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> hoping I don't butcher anyone's names. We'll certainly see.
0: We will. Well, let's kick it off. So first and foremost, maybe not the biggest news of the week, but we'll just call it the biggest headline of the weekend. Lewis Hamilton, new contract, two more years. Julie, you want to give us the details on that?
1: Yeah, so his contract was extended until 2023. He's been at Mercedes for nine years now, and this will bring it to an 11 years. Forbes also has him listed as the number eight highest paid athlete in the world for 2020. His new deal is said to be worth 40 million euros a year, which is about $47 million a year. Um, Not a small chunk of change by any means. Uh, Toto said that that they had the contract signed early to keep them focused on the competition, which clearly that needs to be happening right now, seeing as though he has not won uh, the last couple of races. One thing that Lewis specifically noted in his statement was that they've held themselves accountable and made important strides in creating a more diverse team and inclusive environment, just kind of echoing everything that he promotes with Black Lives Matters and other important social causes. Dell, what's your thoughts on this contract?
0: It's awesome. You know, it's good to get him locked up. I didn't have any doubt that he'd be coming back. You know 50 million was it 50 million us i guess mm-hmm. give or take plus endorsements and all that um no-brainer a lot less than he was being paid though i think in 2019 he was wrapping up a contract that was uh i think like 35 40 million dollars a year or so with the new cap costs or cost cap i guess you should say um it definitely makes an impact on what these drivers can make but no one's gonna sneeze at 20 million bucks a year. I think the cool thing about the diversity, it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, um, a lot of these drivers, especially if you're new to F1, a lot of these drivers, they're kids of parents, specifically fathers that raced, um, or their dad's just super rich, like billionaire status. So in trying to create more diversity in F1, um, I don't expect a ton of diversity enhancement for the drivers i think that story is probably going to remain the same you know your dad was a driver your dad's super rich or your parents are super rich and can buy out a team and put you in a seat Uh, but who knows maybe that'll change down the road you know a for effort
1: yeah i mean he definitely needs that money to pay for all of his absurd outfits that he he wears every year that's probably a large portion going to those outfits don't you think
0: well you know what's interesting i think he gets those closer free because he's endorsed Mm. by uh what Hill Figure?
1: Yeah, but he doesn't tag them. So up for debate, definitely.
0: That's true. If I was Hill Figure, I wouldn't be putting those clothes out for with my logo on it either. <laughs> <laughs> so the stuff he wears is crazy. Um, and then the other news, Australian Grand Prix canceled. That was just this morning. I think that's when I, I mm-hmm. saw it, which I wasn't terribly surprised by but still disappointing on the last. What were your thoughts?
1: Yeah, not surprising at all, given how locked up both Australia and New Zealand are. I think that they put it on late in the season, hoping that Australia would remove some of their travel restrictions, but with nothing really changing there in terms of trying to keep, you know, non-Australians out of the country. It, it makes sense to me that, you know, it was canceled, but it honestly probably would never be the same sort of race as it is when it's the first of the season. So I think we just kind of take it at face value and then next year it'll be probably the first race again.
0: Yeah, I think Australia being the first race of each season is pretty dope. The first thing that came to mind when I saw that was Austin round two question mark.
1: Yeah, I was just about to look to see what races surround it where they would kind of extend. Australia was supposed to be November 19th to 21st. What's before that is Brazil, and that's 2 weeks ahead of time. And then they have 2 weeks until Saudi Arabia, which was after Australia. So they could go somewhere new entirely. Um perhaps back to Austin. We shall see.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. They kind of threw that thing at the back of the calendar, like, hopefully we'll do it. But again, it wasn't terribly surprised. Bummer for Danny Ricardo, who won that's his home race. And I think like the last two or three years, he's done terrible. I think he's DNF'd at like the last three mm-hmm. Australian Grand Prix. So bummer for him. But um, he'll probably be in better form beginning of next year, you'd think. But you never know, because new regulations, new cars. We have no idea. So.
1: Yep. Moving into our first segment of today's episode, all about the Austrian Grand Prix, different fun facts and prior winners. So Austria, as many of you are probably aware, is Red Bull's home country. It's only the second year that we've actually had back-to-back races in Austria. Um, The Styrian Grand Prix, which happened last weekend, and then, of course, this past weekend's Austrian Grand Prix. And this largely happened last year for the first time due to COVID. And since Austria was a little bit more open, they, they put two races right back to back. Last year in the Austrian Grand Prix, Batas won, Charles got second, and Lando third. Dell, anything that you recall from last year's race that really left an imprint on your memory?
0: This is going to sound really bad, but honestly, it wasn't until the second Race so round two last year that I realized it was the Styrian Grand Prix and not the Syrian Grand Prix. I knew it was in Austria, (laughs) but I just never caught the T. And so I was always like, Why do they call it the Syrian Grand Prix? And I never, I was pretty curious on why they, I just never curious enough to like look it up. And then it wasn't until the second race that I looked it up and I was like, Oh, Styrian for Austrians got it. But that's a true story. Um, so just in case you're new to F1 and you miss the T, they do not race in Syria. Uh, it's Correct. the yes. So that was the big takeaway for me last year. I would say the interesting thing about this circuit, it's it's not a terribly long circuit, and there's nothing terribly difficult about the circuit, right? There's, I think, three DRS zones, a couple tight turns, but there's nothing tricky. And I think the drivers would probably say the same in the sense of, you know, compared to other other circuits. but both years, we've seen a good amount of action, penalties, some collisions, although the races were pretty clean this this year, and the results were not what you would have thought, maybe outside of the race this week. It's a cool little circuit, crowd showed up, that, I think that was the coolest thing, you know, mm-hmm. seeing that they, I think they had 135,000 fans, so it was cool to see a circuit fully loaded up, people camping out, Orange Army in effect, so that was pretty neat. As far as the race goes, I mean, there's no debating, you know, Norris was awesome, and uh feel for Russell, but we'll get into that.
1: Yeah. Perhaps the simplicity of the track is what led to all of the penalties that we saw. I definitely agree with how rowdy the crowd was. And there's actually a grandstand called the Max Verstappen grandstand. And every time he passed, they lit up, they were screaming so loud every single time. So it was definitely cool to see.
0: Yeah. There was, um, there's some pretty good social media too about, cause a lot of those guys, by lot, I think all of them um, in the Max Army, they all camped out and just the shenanigans going on. It definitely makes me want to take out that Max orange shirt that you got me <laughs> and uh, do the, uh, the Netherlands Grand Prix, whatever mm-hmm. we're calling it. The one where they go to Max's country, that's going to be a lot of fun. So
1: are you ready to retire your Mercedes gear in lieu of Red Bull and Max gear?
0: So let's just get that out of the way now because we should set the record clear. You know, I got pulled in and of course, you know, Lewis Hamilton was dominating, you know, has been dominating F1 for a while. So Lewis Hamilton definitely was what pulled me into F1 originally. But being a new fan of F1 and right away becoming a Mercedes fan is pretty cliche, as I've learned
1: <laughs> <laughs> recently.
0: Um, so I'll put it on the record right now. Am I a Lewis fan? Of course I like Lewis. Does that mean I don't like Max? Not at all. I like Max as well. But I would say I'm not making my final final yet. I still have the rest of the season before we get to the new regulations. But I have a strong gut feeling that as we enter the latter part of this season, definitely before we kick into next season, I think I'm going to be a McLaren fan.
1: Oh, wow. Not even going for Max, but going down to McLaren.
0: What I do know for sure, whoa, 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 going down (laughs) to McLaren. What I do know is I won't be like a diehard Max fan. It doesn't mean I don't like him. There's really, there's only one racer, one driver Mm -hmm. I don't like. Which is? Carlos Sainz.
1: Oh, man.
0: Killing me. And we'll talk about that. We'll talk about why I don't say him. But, you know, I'd be pulling for Russell. I think I'd like to see Russell in a Mercedes. I think that could be really interesting. I'm never going to be a diehard Max fan. Okay. And it's really only because his personality, it's just not exciting enough for me. He's a great driver. I think he's going to win three, four, five world championships before it's all said and done, maybe more. But he's not that exciting to me. He's not that fun. There's nothing on his social media like, ooh, that's fun. You know, he's dating, you know, someone that another driver dated. Not knocking that. I'm just saying there's nothing new and exciting about Max. It's just, he's really good.
1: All right. All right. Well, so there you, you have heard it. it here first. Dell will yeah. be converted to a McLaren fan. We'll be able to reflect on this in a year and see if it came true.
0: Yeah, you can hold me to that. I feel pretty strongly about it. Okay. Assuming they have the same driver lineup. Now, if Norris goes in Mercedes or something crazy, like, you know, I, I might might change where I'm at. But I, I do like Norris. I do like Ricardo. I like everybody okay. except for signs.
1: Except for Carlos.
0: Yep. That's okay. your boy, though.
1: Yeah, so… I am a Ferrari girl, mostly because I think both Charles and Carlos are pretty good looking. And even though they kind of suck for some reason, I'm still rooting for them every single week. Uh, One day, maybe they'll get back on top, but I'm personally not holding my breath. So Ferrari will be my my team that I'm cheering for unless something else happens or if Carlos moves to another team and, and then I'll cheer for that team.
0: Also, so that's what I was going to ask you. Are you a Ferrari girl or are you a Carlos Sainz and Leclerc groupie?
1: Probably a groupie.
0: A groupie. Okay. So yeah. you'll follow the drivers. Yeah, exactly. Necessarily... Okay. Yep. Yep. That's fair. Uh, Charles Leclerc is very good looking. There's no doubt about it. it I actually think Carlos form, is
1: too. better looking than Charles. He's
0: such a clown. Okay. Let's just, this isn't even part of our outline. So let's just jump into it now. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why I don't like Carlos Sainz. Carlos Sainz in his interviews. He's always talking about, oh, I should have won that race. Oh, that was my race to win. You've never won a race ever. Hmm? So how would you know that that was your race to win or you would have won the race if X, Y, and Z didn't happen if you've actually never won an F1 race? That just frustrates me. At least some of these other guys who have never won, but they've come close, right? They make it clear in their color commentary that they're close. They're getting closer. It'd be nice to see how it would feel to win that race, but I, you know, I like my progress. He just talks as if he knows what it's like to win races. Um, the other thing is he just kind of comes off like a like a mama's boy, mama's daddy's boy, which I'm not knocking that either, but I kind of am. And he's not as good looking as Charles Leclerc. Like I'm straight. Really? And I'm comfortable saying that he is not wow. as good looking. Charles Leclerc, like that guy is good looking. He drives a Ferrari. You see when Ferrari gets him to go do like, you know, public outings, they got him in like the tuxedo. I'm like, he mm-hmm. looks like James Bond. Like that guy's got it. And I actually think he's the better driver. I would be willing to bet everything I own that Charles Leclerc would end up with more championships, assuming either one of them get a championship, but I would bet on Charles Leclerc.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll need the car to improve a bit, but we could probably banter about this for until Forever. eternity. So ever. at least you know you listeners can understand where where we're at when we're talking about different teams, different players, and and where our loyalties and and favoritism lies.
0: The main thing to get out of that is you're a groupie.
1: I am a groupie. For the Ferrari boys. I admit it. There
0: it is. That's yeah. it. How's your fiance feel about that? <laughs> um,
1: I don't think he likes the red.
0: Really? I'm you know, I'm gonna funny. be sporting
1: a red jacket to Austin. I'm actually US wearing today
0: this shirt I got in Santorini in Greece, mm-hmm. and it's basically the Ferrari logo. So it's all red. It's got like the you know the diamond. No, that's not a diamond shape, like triangle diamondish shape, where the with the yellow with where the horse usually goes, mm-hmm. and instead it's a donkey.
1: <laughs> and
0: underneath it, it, in the Ferrari print, it says Santorini into the Ferrari. Nice. So I, will, I wore it today to really get into the into
1: get in the, the zone.
0: I never wore the shirt either, and I pulled it out for the first time in like five years. Yeah, <laughs> That's like
1: today's
0: the <laughs> day. Um, all right, so let's talk. Let's talk race. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk quali first, I guess. Um, so where do we want to start? Uh, maybe give these folks a, just a quick breakdown on how qualification works. There's three qualifying segments, if you will. There's Q1, where all the drivers partake. There's Q2 where only 15 of the drivers partake. And then there's key three where the final 10. So you kind of get the idea five get eliminated each way. And then, then the last qualifying run, you know, the, the top 10 drivers shake out the grid meeting where they're going to start the race. Um, Oh, key thing. It was also Seb's birthday. Yeah. On Saturday. So did you see him like build like a B hotel with like kids in Austria?
1: I did not see that. W- oh what were they God. building the B hotel for?
0: so they well it's literally it's for bees right so like bees are pretty critical to just everything because they pollinate fruits and vegetables and yada, yada yada so long story short for this man's birthday instead of just like partying all day and being center of attention the guy goes out with a bunch of kids i believe there in austria and they plant a bee hotel which is basically where bees can you know build their their hives and do their thing and around the bee hotel, they plant a bunch of flowers. That way, around there, where these bees will live and you know reproduce and create honey and all that stuff, there will be flowers for them to um, do their thing. This is what he did on his birthday. And I follow a couple um, Seb lovers on on Twitter, and these women were just like, "I already love Seb, And now I'm like, I, this is the man of my dreams." <laughs> <laughs> Such a cool guy.
1: It is cool very thoughtful instead of doing something more selfish
0: yeah so walk us through q1 q1 was you know for the most part i thought pretty standard pretty tame pretty usual tame. suspects got cut although, although i would say ocon just signed a two year contract two weeks ago he has been struggle busting didn't uh, he, he get
1: actually- on podium last year
0: uh, I think he got a couple podiums last year and I, he started this year pretty solid. And then he signed this contract, came to Austria and he's, he's done terrible. He was actually knocked out in Q1, which was shocking considering Alonzo was flying in the same car, but Q1 was pretty tame. Kimi, Ocon, Latifi, Schumacher in Mazda spin. Q2.
1: Russell was very uh, high and mighty on himself during Q2 and was really pleased oh, yeah. with his time and sarcastically said to his engineers, sorry, was that too fast? Um, yeah. Which, you know, it at first. It was too fast for him. Yeah. <laughs> at least <laughs> he, made he made it, it on. Q2. He made it yeah. on um, to Q3. But that was a funny little moment that we heard on the radios there. Alonzo. Here's the thing and- on Russell, oh,
0: real quick, before we go to Alonzo. First time for Russell getting into Q3. So it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big deal. But it's interesting, there's a lot of hate on this guy out there. Like, oh, you know, he's overhyped. And that guy drove one one weekend in a Mercedes, and he dominated. Now, that car was supremely better than any car by a long shot. But he did exactly what you're supposed to do in that car. So kudos to Russell.
1: Definitely. And then Alonzo and Vettel got under investigation. But I don't think this actually panned out to any sort of penalties. Although... Oh, it did. Oh, it, no, did. it
0: did. Yeah, Vettel got a three... A three grid spot penalty. Um, mm.
1: Yeah, so not the up. best start to the birthday weekend.
0: You know, it, it, I don't even think he cared, honestly. He was like, I got that B-Hotel up. <laughs> Mission saved, accomplished this weekend. Saved
1: the flowers, the fruits, the vegetables. Fuck yeah, you too. Yeah.
0: yeah. So he did get a three spot grid penalty. And I think Alonzo definitely would have made it in the Q3 because he was flying. If you watch a replay, it's actually surprising Alonzo didn't put it into his gearbox. I mean... He was flying around the corner and then all of a sudden Seb just jumped out in front.
1: No. So Signs ended up being faster than Leclerc, but not fast enough for either of them because both of them got cut along with Ricky, Alonzo, and Giovanni. Is that how you say his name?
0: I actually don't even try to say his last name. Just Gio. Just refer
1: to him as Gio. <laughs>
0: yeah, I always fuck it up. So I just say Gio. cardo has gotta get his stuff together in qualifying. Yeah, he raced awesome, but you know, imagine if Ricky just qualifies like top six yeah the way he drives i mean he's going to be on the podium all day
1: totally he also had a birthday this past week although that's true i don't think he was playing with bees um probably hitting it a little bit harder so we'll we'll give him that break for q2 yeah do
0: you think he's attractive
1: definitely now take his personality out
0: take his personality out of straight looks hmm. see
1: maybe uh, after like a nose job oh gosh How about the well, full package
0: Yeah. All right. And then jumping into Q3, Julie, you want to take us through the action?
1: Yeah. I mean, the action for this one really happened at the at the end. Um, The crowd went absolutely wild when Max got provisional pole. Uh, Lando got second. um, So on the front row, he's never qualified on the front row before, which was cool to see. And he only missed Max by four one-hundredths of a second. So narrowly missed him. And then Perez got third with Mercedes in fourth and fifth. I mean, Mercedes, have they lost their charm is the real question.
0: I mean, all you got to do is listen to Lewis Hamilton's interviews. And they're, they're down quite a bit. The Lando lap was crazy because he was purple in the first sector. For you knew F1 fans, Purple means he had the fastest sector time of all the drivers. And he was ahead of Max after sector two. So the last third of the lap, going into the last third, he was he was on pole. So him coming around the corner was like a half a hundredth, whatever it was. I mean, it was uh that was pretty exciting. That was probably the most exciting part of the weekend for me from a race standpoint, personally.
1: It will be certainly interesting to see. I think there's a lot of upgrades happening this upcoming weekend before Silverstone. So how those really affect things once we get to Silverstone itself.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, if, if Max places higher than Hamilton, even if he doesn't win the race, if, if he places higher than Hamilton, the race, it's over. Yeah, It's over. You do it on his home soil. It's over. And keep in mind, and we'll talk about this next week, Silverstone is the first race week, first race weekend where they're doing the sprint race. So the whole ah. weekend format's completely different. You have qualifying on Friday, you have the sprint race on Saturday, and then the results from the sprint race make up the grid for the race. So it's a completely different beast. So that's pretty exciting as well. But we'll get into that next week because we've got a we've got a gap week before the next race. So So yeah, pretty interesting start, you know, uh Max, Lando, Perez and then the Mercs four and five race highlights wise, you know, we can go back and forth on this, but you know, it was pretty clean to start outside
1: of all the penalties.
0: Well, yeah, we'll get into that. I mean, they were (laughs) passing those things out like candy. Uh, You know, again, if you're new to F1, every race is different. Some are more exciting than others, but turn one in the start of the race to, so when the lights go out all the way into turn one, probably some of the most exciting moments of any race,
1: right? Definitely. It can go so many ways. Oftentimes, it goes clean. Other times, it's a literally a mosh pit of cars. Um, And the person that gets the way the best usually is the one that wins it. So in this case, that was Max. He he had no one near him. Um, And then for the rest of the race, was just far ahead from anybody that was in second behind him.
0: Yeah, Max into turn one clean, stayed in clean air. Um, It was the perfect weekend for him. They called it the Grand Slam, his first Grand Slam, which means he qualified first, he won the race, he led every lap, and he had fastest lap in the race. Checked all those boxes this week. He just dominated. So yeah, Max clean into turn one, and then he was gone. Uh, First safety car was in lap one, though. Ocon was sandwiched, essentially. Broken axle. Dunzo for the race. DNF lap one. So, continuation of already a terrible back to back weeks for him after signing a new contract. Total scammer. Guy just scammed Alpine. Two year (laughs) contracts. Guy can't get out of Q3 or Q1 in the first lap of the race. Um, But then, after the uh, safety car, uh, Max got away clean again. And uh, the real action probably started lap four. That's when uh, you had the Norris. Sergio bump which I thought was super clean I that's that's what fans want to see like wheel to wheel racing into turns mm-hmm. Um, however Lando got a five second penalty which was bullshit uh, but it was clearly just a precursor to what was I don't know how many how many penalties 20 penalties they gave away in the race 11 it was double digits <laughs> it was ridiculous Michael Massey's the race director needs to get his shit in order but they were passing those things out like
1: there was a lot of bumping though.
0: But. There's a difference between like dangerous driving and giving someone a penalty in a racing incident. Like these guys are racing, and they bumped, quote unquote, bumped you know tire to tire into turns. I mean that's hard racing. That's what we should want to see. I was shocked how many penalties they gave away for hard racing. The Yuki stuff, like you know, he, he crossed the white line in the pit entry twice. Same thing. Like, don't even get me started on Yuki. That's actually another racer that I thought I would really like. <laughs> and I've just not liked him once, one bit. He's such a child, but we'll we'll save that for another day. It's
1: pretty terrible. Um,
0: so some of the penalties were just, you know, just breaking the rules. But the hard racing penalties I thought were insane, but at least they were consistent, consistently bad.
1: For sure. I think the next big thing that happened was on lap 20 when Hamilton finally was able to break free and pass Norris. Hamilton had made a comment on the radio just saying, such a great driver, Lando which played out over social media this morning with one another just reposting one another saying that. Um, But probably a big ego boost for Lando, and ultimately he ended up passing Hamilton again. So maybe Hamilton should not be so complimentary of people trying to beat him. So the next thing that happened was Norris took his pit stop. He had to take his five-second penalty. This allowed Bottas to pass him. So now Bottas is in third with Hamilton in front of him, Max just far beyond and ahead. Bottas was then told to not overtake Hamilton. Then they said only, what was it, 10 seconds later, that Bottas was free to race Lewis, Um, they thought that Norris would catch both of them. So, you know, just better to kind of let them race it out and keep Norris at bay. Um, which worked for Bottas in the end, but as we know, not well for Hamilton.
0: Norris was going to pass both of them if they kept Bottas behind Lewis. So they let Bottas go by quote unquote race, although Lewis let him by pretty quickly. Not surprisingly, Norris caught up to Lewis pretty quickly and, uh, I don't know how many seconds he ended up behind Bottas in the race, but he was, he was pretty close and th- that maximized Merck's points. Yeah, but I, at the end of the day, I just don't think it's going to matter. It might, but you're going to need some DNFs from Red Bull to catch up because they're down like a 50 piece right now.
1: Yeah. I think in comparison to last year, Max had a bunch of DNFs throughout the season, um, which obviously put him out of the race and out of the competition with Mercedes. But Knock on wood, I don't think Max has had a DNF.
0: There's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. And, they, you know, you got to get a little lucky too, right? I mean, he blows a tire at Baku, a race he should have won, and then Hamilton is basically set up to get at yeah. worst second. <laughs> you know, they got lucky there. That could have been easily 25-point difference, you know, and I don't know what the spread is right now, but I think had that happened, I think it's like a tie right now, the one-two-point mm-hmm. difference. So, you, know, you got to get a little lucky, which they have been. I think the only other well, – there's two other – big highlights, I think, of this race. The the first, which happened several times, was the uh, Leclerc-Sergio battle. Uh, they were bumping yeah. and grinding quite a bit. Uh, Perez got, I think, mm-hmm. two five-second penalties.
1: I think he had two run-ins with Leclerc. The second time, Leclerc had a ton of profanity on the radio. I think everything he said on the radio was ultimately bleeped out on TV, but Seemed like they were really kind of going at it. And Perez just had a bad luck day. Nothing he was doing was working. Even his pit stop had a, there was some issue with one of the tires and that slowed him down even further. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he still ended up, what, six after taking the penalties, which isn't bad. But I mean, he, he made, he tried to make that move on Lando early in the race that, that cost him. That was a bad spot. I think it was funny actually in the interview, post-race interview, Lando even said, it was like, that was a stupid move. Everyone knows not to try to go around the outside there. So <laughs> I respect Lando for that. Um, but yeah, Charles mm-hmm. was, was fired up. I think it was, it was pretty serious too. Cause I, I think they had to clear the air after the race. So I think they're, they're Gucci now. Um, and then the, the biggest, you know, Oh, bummer. Poor George. He's in the points with like five laps to go And Alonzo being the, uh, old Wiley vet hunts him down and takes 10th place with, I think like three laps to go. Russell ends out of the points so again. Close. So still yet to score a point driving a Williams car. And you know what? I, th- I think he'll get one this year. But I, at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to matter. I think Mercedes has already made up their mind. They're going to sign him. And I think Bottas will probably replace him at Williams. And um, Wow.
1: That's a downgrade. Yeah. Although, they're
0: yeah, it is a downgrade. It's a downgrade for sure. But that's the way it works. But we'll see. Who knows? I, I would be shocked if they don't bring Russell up, especially with the hurting Red Bulls putting on them this year.
1: And Perez mm-hmm. is
0: doing his thing. And Perez hasn't driven perfectly yet. But I mean, he's still ending, you know, top five, top six. He's exactly. Getting them so I think you got to bring someone to there
1: much more than Alba. Plus, how
0: exciting would it be to see like Russell and Max in like a Russell Lewis Max Sergio battle, like race after race after race with Norris and Ricardo and and the prancing horses up there? I mean, that's that's a that's that new generation type shit that I think everyone's looking forward to. So, Imbata is boring. You talk about boring. I mean, that I don't know if it's like a finished thing or what, but he's very boring. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I I think it just would be nicer to have someone a little bit younger up there on Mercedes. Um in terms of battling with Ricky, he he needs to kind of get his own shit together. Although this race, he did gain 7 places from start to finish, which probably is one of the best finishes this year for him for Ricardo, um, but he's yeah, yeah. I mean he hasn't been very consistent either. Yeah, he just
0: needs to get his qualifying together. I mean when he when you know, when the lights go out, he he knows how to drive it. Um but yeah, once Ricardo puts it all together, McLaren that's going to be my squad next year for sure. <laughs> that's going to be my squad for sure. Uh all right, so driver of the day, uh I think obvious winner, Lando Norris was officially voted as driver of the day by the fans. Outside of Norris, who would you say your driver of the day was if you couldn't pick Norris?
1: I mean, I think Russell did really well kind of keeping up with the rest of the crew. But I do think that, you know, Norris really kind of showed us his power this week and um, was able to prove his worth for Mercedes. Um, But what about what about you?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, again, I I wouldn't. Wouldn't argue with the Norris selection. I, I would say you kind of just touched on it. Ricardo, you know, he started thirteenth, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, something like that, ended at seventh. I thought that was just, you know, really good racing, really good driving. You'd love to see him start, you know, in the top ten and work his way up to, you know, fourth or fifth, you know, or third or something like that. But I think he's moving in the right direction. So I would say if not Norris, then then Ricardo for sure.
1: Yeah. What about the worst driver of the day? It's a few few to go
0: from. <sighs> Based on the results, you'd be easy and say, well, Ocon, but like he got sandwiched. There was really nothing he could do. I was actually surprised that his mm-hmm. axle broke like, but it did. I'd say Yuki. I mean, this guy got <laughs> two penalties for the exact same thing, which is crossing the pit lane entry line, which is standard rule in mm-hmm. free practice, qualifying in the race, every circuit. It's not like a unique thing to Austria Nothing like that. It's just a standard, like you turn the car on before you press the, like standard. And he got it, I think within like three laps. And even the announcers were like, all right, like, you know, we know he's a rookie, but like Jesus Christ, you know what I mean? Like you're already losing your fuse with your, with your, you know, with your engineer over the radio every week. Like I don't know, man. He's on a one year contract. I'm not terribly sold that they bring him back next year. I'd be sure. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because it at preseason, he was killing it, right? He was he was racing really good, he's putting in some really good lap times, but he's been a big disappointment. I thought um I thought this this race you could put him as worst driver because he started seventh and he ended thirteenth. Yeah, I just think
1: yeah, his attitude is just not like proving to be worth it. Like I think what I think what ruined him for next year was when he kind of screamed in the radio. That he did not he didn't understand why Gasly was so much better than him, even well, though they had the same car. And I think that's probably when they said Well, I can explain why nope, Ghastly's better than you but what, he, what,
0: what he actually said was you guys aren't giving me the same equipment. You're not giving me, you're not like treating my car some crazy shit like that. Like I agree with you. You know, he got the appointment because Honda supplies the engines. Honda's a Japanese company no secret they want a Japanese driver in one of those four seats, the other two seats being Red Bull, since they're sister sister teams, sister-brother teams, whatever you want to call it. But I don't know, man. I don't know. I I wouldn't be opposed to him losing his seat and let him grow up a little bit before he comes back. Before we get into kind of the F1 new crew here, a great way to really acclimate and integrate into the sport is through fantasy. Uh, You've got fantasy every sport out there fantasy baseball fantasy football fantasy basketball in my opinion i think f1 fantasy is is the simplest and lowest maintenance fantasy you can do so simple and uh julie and i compete against one another we've been doing this, what, this is our second year right
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh it's really simple you pick 5 drivers you pick a team and you see who collects the most points there's a couple things you can do to get you know bonus points and things like that but um I crushed you last year. This year you've been
1: Yes, but I'm I'm confident. Yeah, I think
0: you're I think you're winning after last week. I actually haven't checked the score, but you're giving me some yeah. problems. Um, <laughs> I had to get rid of Lewis Hamilton on all my teams. He was killing me. <laughs> and so since I've made those changes, I've been more competitive. But uh I still haven't actually looked into my team, so I can't tell you who I'm going with in the next couple of weeks. But for me personally, I find it hard given Oh, you have a you have a salary cap too, right? So that's the other thing, guys. You have to work
1: with yes, that's the key point. Exactly.
0: The changes I've recently made, I don't think I'm going to change them again until given a reason to. I've got Max Verstappen, Norris, Gasly, a combination of signs or Leclerc, and then usually like Russell is my top five. Um, I think I might have Alonzo in on one of them instead of Gasly. But I'm very happy because I'm Red Bull heavy and I'm rocking McLaren or Red Bull uh constructors as my pick. I just don't see a reason to change it.
1: Yeah, I definitely had reasons. So I hadn't looked at either of my teams in a couple weeks. Um, My one team that's doing really strong is actually a Ferrari forward team um, called I Saw the Signs, which of course has Carlos Signs, Leclerc, Max, Norris, and then Shoemaker, much only really because I needed someone cheap. And then Ferrari as the team.
0: You definitely, definitely lost some credibility with the shoemaker. That one's going to hurt for sure because everybody knows it's Schumacher. Um, But we're going to recover from that. Don't worry. (laughs) We're going to recover from that. It's uh, the first episode. You know that too. So I was interested. was pretty funny to hear you say shoemaker, but I was like, yes. I
1: I said in the beginning of this that I was hoping to not butcher anyone's name, but... Right when you said that, I was
0: like, okay, 100%, no matter how the rest of this episode goes, I'd definitely come out (laughs) on top. All right, it's time to jump into our F1 New Crew segment. This is a weekly segment we're going to do for new fans, brand new fans, maybe unknowing fans that are just jumping in for the first time and want to get up to speed, but a segment for fans on the most efficient way to get acclimated to the sport, get up to speed on the lingo. And just start feeling comfortable as an F1 fan. That is the name of the game. So each week, we'll layer in more and more until you're ready to go to your first live race and kick some ass. Without any further ado, first and foremost, if you want to become an F1 fan, the easiest way, same way that we did, right? We talked about it in our, our mini episode. You got to do yourself a favor and go watch Drive to Survive on Netflix. Just start there. Just start there. That's all you got to do. Just Netflix and chill. The great thing about the timing is we're only, what, three seasons in? hmm I mean, yep. I'm watching like Luther right now. So like four so seasons. Good. Not that bad. Yeah, it is good. Although the seasons, like there's like three seasons that have like four episodes. But I mean, like name some Netflix shows that you've watched that are like four, five, six seasons that you just cranked out during COVID. I mean, I can make a laundry list. So three seasons is not bad. 10 episodes per season. They're 30 to 45 minutes long. So if you are starting now, you can crank that out like literally this weekend or whatever, and you're up to speed. Keep in mind that in season one, you're going to be learning about some drivers that are no longer in F1, right? They lost their seats or or whatever. But that's kind of part of the whole F1 thing is drivers come and go, right? They lose their seats, they retire, although it's more often them losing their seats and being replaced by someone else. It's good backstory, and it makes this season. It'll make it make more sense because you'll know, oh, that used to be so and so seat, all right? So, I would start there. Would you agree with that, Julie?
1: Definitely. Gives you good background. Um although in season 1, which was a couple of years ago at this point, don't get too attached to who's on which team or who's winning and who's losing um because things have changed very much since then, but Definitely a good way to get a baseline of the sport, the teams, the personalities, the coaches, um, and how it all plays together.
0: All right. So that's going to be your, your first step. So super easy homework assignment. If you don't have a Netflix, uh, I mean, geez, if you don't have a Netflix login, you've
1: been doing with, quarantine? oh my
0: God, 2020 must've been brutal for you. Uh, ask a friend, get on there, crank it out. It's produced very well, by the way. Um, you're going to love it. Start there. The second step, just go back and watch Austria round two. Not because it was the greatest race. I actually think it was a pretty simple race. It wasn't too much going on. There wasn't too much going on. Pretty easy to understand and follow the action. Watch that race. And if you can't, then watch the next race, which will be the uh, UK uh, in two weeks. Uh, That race is actually on my birthday. And just watch a race. So get through Netflix. And then watch a race and just take it in, right? And you're going to have tons of questions. What does this mean? What does that mean? That's okay. The third step, and this is where we'll kind of introduce some really simple things. There's a ton of terminology. There's a ton of lingo. Don't worry about all that. Most of that stuff you can figure out on your own. Although we're going to walk you through a lot of it. Here are the critical things you need to know about F1. First and foremost, there is a race weekend, right? This year there are 23 race weekends. They start the action on a Friday. Okay. So usually they travel on like a Wednesday or a Tuesday. They get there, they do their meetings, they do their, you know, their media, and then the racing starts on Friday. And on Friday, they do practice sessions, typical race weekend practice sessions on a Friday, one practice session on Saturday, qualifying later that day, race on Sunday. Now, if the first weekend, race weekend you're going to watch is, uh in two weeks, completely different format because they're introducing a sprint race, which we'll cover next week. Don't worry too much about it, but that's how the weekend set up all right pretty straightforward qualifying setup we talked about it a little bit ago. three sessions they go q one q two q three pretty straightforward. five drivers are eliminated based on the slowest times in q one in q two and then in q three the ten remaining drivers fill out the grid with the fastest driver getting what they call pull and the 10th fastest driver taking the 10th spot all right so pretty straightforward i found that qualifying was fairly easy to understand never had a problem with it julia you
1: i think it's relatively easy to understand but the the tires and what they have to stay with versus yes switch is what makes it confusing and not something i always follow
0: okay so that's a fantastic point so let's drive that home. These guys, every weekend, will get three different sets of tires. They call it a hard, medium, and soft. I'm not going to get you into all the different levels. Basically, Pirelli, who makes the tires, they have five different sets of tires, C1 through C5, and they give you three tires for every weekend, three sets of tires, and they give you tons tons of sets, but three different types of tires. So you always have a soft, you always have a medium, you always have a hard. In Q2, the tires in which you set your fastest lap You have to start the race on, okay, if you make it out of that round. Hmm. So if you don't make it out of Q2, let's say you had the 11th through 15th fastest time in Q2, and you're eliminated from from making it to Q3, you can pick whatever tire you want to start on. Same thing for the guys that are eliminated early in Q1. Got it. But if you make it to Q3, doesn't matter what tire you use to to set your times in Q3, which usually everyone – you know, runs on a soft because those are the fastest tires. To start the race, you have to go back and use the set that you use to set your fastest time in Q2. Now, if it rains for the race or, the, you know, there's water, then all that goes out the window and you can start the race on intermediates or wets, which are a different set of tires specifically for the rain. Make sense?
1: It does now.
0: Boom. Got it. So that's qualifying. Pretty straightforward. Qualifying is one hour you watch on a Saturday, tends to get pretty fun towards the latter part when people are going for pole. As far as the race, I would say the must-knows right now are there's a formation lap. So race starts at 10 o'clock, let's say. You turn the TV on at 10, they're doing their intro, or sorry, at 9.55, they're doing the intro. At 10 o'clock sharp, the drivers will be on the grid and they will do a formation lap, which means they they go around the lap, the circuit once, they warm up their tires, and they come back and park their car in the grid slot. So if they're starting first, they start in the first grid, the starting seven, they start in seventh grid, so on and so forth. And the race starts, okay? Critical things to know, safety car, virtual safety car, red flag. I think if you just know that in your first couple of weeks, you can watch a race, you can watch a weekend and feel like you have some sense of understanding of how it works, all right? Safety car is when a car comes out. It's, it's literally called the safety car. It's usually a Mercedes or an Aston Martin decked out. And it it comes out when there's a yellow flag meaning there's a collision, of some sort. There's danger on the track, and it will basically put the, uh, the all their drivers into a train, drives them around the circuit for as long as it needs to until they clear the uh, clear the track, and then it goes away. And then the drivers start a virtual same concept, but the safety car actually doesn't come out. The driver that's leading the race has to slow down to a certain speed. And everyone has to train behind them until they say the track is clear again. All right. Red flag. We've actually had quite a few of these. I feel like in the last year, like 2020 was like red flag central Mm -hmm. is where there is such a big collusion or accident that they have to stop the race, get everyone off the track, clear the track and start the race again. Usually what happens is everyone comes into the pit lane. Once the track is clear, they will do a formation lap, essentially come back in and typically, although they can start it under a safety car, or a virtual safety car, they usually start it on the grid again. So you start the race again, just like you did at the beginning, which is, in my opinion, awesome. That's, for me, I would say, just start there. Netflix, watch a race, formation lap, lights out away we go, safety cars, red flag. If you can follow that, you could be, you could fake it as an F1 fan and people probably wouldn't know that you're brand new. Thoughts on that, Julie?
1: Uh, I think that's probably most of the knowledge I know. I think I will be learning (laughs) in this F1 new crew segment as much as the rest of our listeners. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good baseline for understanding the race. Um, I think what you'll get out of the drive to survive will bring some more of the rivalries, the personalities, backgrounds on the different teams. And I think between those two things, you'll be off to a good start.
0: There you go. So start there. Have some fun with it. Super simple. We'll start dropping some lingo and some other stuff on you guys next week. But uh just 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 jump into it. Literally sit on the couch and watch TV. That's all you need to do. Boom. F1 fan. All right. All right. I think it's the time everyone's waiting for it's time for some gossip. What are we calling this segment officially? What what did you what did you want to name this? Because it's got to be catchy, Julie. What'd you decide on?
1: definitely um so i think it'll be the opposite of our podcast name grid gossip in that it'll be the off grid gossip segment um mm. so definitely a mainstay feature here will be hamilton's clothes each weekend um if you look at what most drivers wear it's a branded shirt for their team typically a polo so you know, you'll see Max in a Red Bull hat, a polo, kind of showing up each race day. Hamilton, nope, ne- never wears a Mercedes-branded outfit for his um, his gear each day. Uh, on race day, he actually wore wellies and referenced the wellies in the Instagram caption um, saying that he was wishing for rain. I think he felt that was the only way he could potentially beat Max. What do you think, Del?
0: Well, first and foremost, and this is I'm dead serious I'm asking you this question, is wellies an actual like known thing or is that like British lingo for boots cuz I, I don't know what the fuck a wellie is?
1: I think it's British lingo for rain boots. However, the wellies and I'm saying that with quotes, um weren't true wellies. They were more like a clog wellie versus like the knee-high boot that you would typically wear in the rain. So, even Calling them Wellies was a bit of a surprise to me.
0: Yeah. I mean, I like Lewis. I've already said that. And we know he's very creative. He's into fashion. He makes music and he's, you know, great. It's awesome. But he looks like fucking Zoolander every <laughs> week. I mean, like, literally every weekend, he, you know, shows up and it's like, what, you know, what scene of Zoolander are we going to be looking at? Now, some of his stuff is, Actually kind of tight. I couldn't wear any of that stuff. And there's been some stuff that like he wore I think it was maybe was it week round one Austria? Maybe it was France. But he had like this like lacy black shirt with flowers. I actually thought it was pretty fly. Couldn't pull it off, but I thought it would like it looked good. But like his Austria get up has been like these welly boots that look like space boots. It's just been crazy. Yeah, he it's also crazy.
1: wore this like this sheer top, a different day that had some like devil's horns on it. It certainly uh, keeps you guessing day to day, week to week. I, I don't think... know if
0: you can call it fashion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's I mean it's it's not function. Um...
0: put it this way. If you saw Lewis Hamilton on the street wearing what he shows up to the circuit on and you didn't know it was Lewis Hamilton, you're just like, Oh, come on. The type of shit yeah. that you would be saying, you'd be like, "This guy's on crack." Like, what is he wearing? You know, what I mean, it's like that guy's worth four hundred million dollars. But yeah, it's definitely Zoolander every every weekend that they're racing because he shows up with some crazy shit. I would just love to be a fly on the wall, even with like just all the all the drivers and just like, oh god, what's he wearing this week? Like, I would just yeah. love to hear what they say. Unedited. Yeah, like
1: imagine his outfits on George Russell. <laughs> 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 um, and then the other thing that popped up on on social media this week was Hamilton staring at the Red Bull card, kind of looking at it, figuring out how do they do it, which is very similar to what we typically saw last year from Seb staring at the Mercedes, so kind of just made it all feel very full circle in that we used to have these major championships from from Vettel and previously Hamilton, and now they're just glaring at the car that is beating them. So that one definitely gave gave me a good chuckle.
0: Yeah, Inspector Seb's been doing that for years, actually. He has no shame. And, uh, you know, I mean, listen, it tells you all you need to know. Right, not once ever have I seen Hamilton go like, and he was. This wasn't like sometimes you'll see them like after the race when they're like walking by all the cars that are parked and they're kind of like you know okay fine. This was at practice. Like Lewis was in like Mercedes branded like clothes. Like yep, he was like not his normal get up. Yeah, he went out to the pit. Red Bull had their car in the pit with all their guys surrounding it, and he just you know eyeballed it down, gave it the the uh, the the old down up you know and i just think it tells you what you need to know which is mercedes like i don't know they're how they're doing it but they're crushing us this year and um i have no shame in looking because we're not going to catch them and seb is his buddy too so i'm sure seb was like just go take a look at the fucking car <laughs> <laughs> i do it all the time
1: exactly
0: you know uh, you know multiple world champ to multiple world champs go look at the fucking car
1: definitely um, that was pretty funny And then the last thing that was Hamilton centered was George Russell congratulating Lewis, um, on his contract renewal, which leaves us all wondering, will he be in the other car? Will it be announced at Silverstone with both of them being British and on their home tracks? We saw those pictures of George that got leaked of him meeting at Mercedes at least a month, two months ago. So um, is he congratulating his future teammate? What do you think, Dell?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they've already made a decision. I think they made the decision three, four weeks ago when that got leaked. Although him meeting at Mercedes isn't like the biggest deal. Toto Wolf was his manager, so if he was meeting with Toto, it would make sense. But um, I think they've already made the decision I think they've already drawn up the contract. I don't think they've let him sign it yet, but I think they've shown him, like, this is what it's going to be. Are we good? Mm-hmm. or Are we wasting our time? In the last three or four weeks, George Russell's been driving really well.
1: He has been.
0: Really well. Um, and, you know, I don't know. As far as his comment goes, I mean, what else are you going to say? I mean, let's say he he hasn't signed or he hasn't been told. I mean, you better kiss up to Lewis.
1: Exactly. Because
0: Lewis kind of has a say. Maybe not a total, but, like, he probably has a little bit of, you know, you do what you got to do. But for I think sure. I think if Russell signs, I think he's going to be a difficult teammate for Lewis because he's not going to be following, you know, team orders and shit. I think he's like, fuck that, which yeah. is going to make it really interesting.
1: And then closing it out with Max here, his girlfriend, Kelly Paquette, which I'm probably butchering her name as well, just is getting royally roasted on social this weekend. I think as Max does better and better and she's kind of showing her face more and more on the track, she is getting more and more under fire for just hopping from one F1 driver to the next. Um, She previously was linked to Danny Kivit, which I'm probably also mentioning his name there you go. Yeah, um, got you. I got you. so, and her father is, is in the industry as well, I believe.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm going to be careful what I say here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of pass it back over to you. I mean, I've always said if people are hating on you, you're probably doing something right. Right. Like that is, that's the validation. If you don't have haters, then you're probably not doing it that big. So, I get it, you know. It, it's not a coincidence. Max is, you know, leading the championship. He looks like he's going to take it down. Red Bull's on the scene, and now, you know, it's like, all right, well, let's let's pay attention to Max and, you know, the roasting his, his his girlfriend. I don't think they've been dating too long, but, um, you know, I'll say this: I just don't understand athletes like recycling partners. I I just I never understood it. Like, if I hit the scene and I'm making, you know, I think Max is worth like, I think they said he's worth like. 30 million bucks already, right? Or 50 million. It's a, it's a big number. The guy's like 21, 21, 22 years old. I don't know. I mean, I get it. They travel a lot. They're busy. So there's, you know, certain people that are around. So you kind of just naturally, I get that, right? Like, you know, you know I met my wife at work. So I, I do get it. If I was 21 and I was worth $50 million, I would think I would want to <laughs> keep it authentic enough to maybe not recycle one of my, you know, essentially colleagues, right? Girlfriends. I don't know. Easy to say that now. Maybe I wouldn't the case, but I, I, I've always just really struggled with that concept. Um, even the Kardashians, like I get it. I get it, Kardashian, but I <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't. What is, what's your take as a woman? I mean, you tell me.
1: I mean, I don't know if it's more weird for her or more weird for him, but if it works, it works, I guess. And she has at least one kid. Oh, really? So, yeah. Really? What. One- yeah, one if not two.
0: Okay, that's see that's I didn't know that. That's that makes it even more puzzling.
1: Let's see, maybe just one. Oh, it's actually the, his kid,
0: Daniel. Kira? Daniel, yes. So,
1: which maybe further complicates it. Yep.
0: So Max is going to play dad.
1: Yes. To,
0: wow, I kind of like him a little bit more that he's willing to take that on. Be um, Daddy
1: Max daddy max
0: yeah that see that now i'm gonna have to look that up i didn't know that that's really interesting let's let's park this and we're gonna come back we gotta come back to that next week because we have an off week and i'd love to get some uh some follower content and maybe just do some more research because that's a that's kind of a game changer i just thought she was like a good-looking brazilian younger chick that's been around f1 and like, I, could, I can get that, but I didn't know she had, like, a kid. And, not, again, not that it changes anything. It's just for Max it would, you know. So more so Max's decision and how that came together, that definitely intrigues me for sure.
1: Well, more to come then. Well, we'll dig in a bit deeper into Damn. into the internet world.
0: Wow. Wow. You think we can get her on the show?
1: Definitely not.
0: <laughs> not this year. No. no, no, no. I don't think – I think – I was actually, it's actually is funny. I was talking to a few folks. Like, I think all those people like have NDAs by the teams. They can't go on podcasts unless they're like F1
1: mm. produced. So I was
0: like, Oh, that makes sense. That would. We're gonna challenge that. We're gonna see. We'll see what happens. Um <laughs> although Daniel Ricardo was on Barcel Sports like two weeks ago. So yeah. that's probably bullshit. So we'll figure it out. Well, that's that's gonna do it for the off grid gossip. As we wrap it up here, we're always gonna end the show with our final thoughts, fifteen to thirty second rant about anything that Julia or I want to get off our chest. I don't I will, have
1: any rant, but I,
0: I will start then. Let me start. Cause this has actually been, this has been bubbling for like four or five <laughs> weeks. Go for it. Lando Norris is the man. Okay. Lando Norris, I think is starting to understand that he's becoming the man, but he needs to get these guys to show some respect. And I'll, I'll explain what I'm talking about. If you've been watching this season, There have been numerous times where Lando is either giving an interview or about to give an interview, and someone jumps in and kind of steals his thunder. And he always plays it off real cool, like, oh, yeah, cool, let him go, or no big deal. That shit's got to stop, all right? Carlos signs. Your boy Carlos jumped into one of his interviews early in the season when he had a podium. That's bullshit. You had Alonzo jump in front of him to give an interview, I think, last week. And Lando, actually, there's a video of it. You can tell Lando's kind of He's like, what the fuck? You know, but he's like, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, that's got to stop. And then uh, and then did you see George Russell jump in his interview today or uh, this weekend?
1: No, I didn't. Oh, You got to see hey, this Lando. one.
0: No, George comes over. He comes up behind him while Lando's giving, like Lando's mid answer of a question and taps him on the ass. And Lando looks back and it's George and George goes, oh, you're sweaty. And Lando goes, no, it's Champagne. George goes, Oh, (laughs) so his response was so perfect. It was timed perfectly. It was, it was, it was just, he crushed it. Right. But like that shit's got to stop. And I think actually that interaction where he was just so smooth with the comeback, I think will prevent people from jumping in his fucking interviews. Lando's a man, George Russell. You are not the man yet. Carl signs. You will never be the man. Alonzo. You were the man a long time ago. (laughs) Stop jumping in, jumping in my boys interviews, please.
1: Oh man. Well, hopefully he's kind of fiending off everyone and keeping them in check now. Um, now that he's clearly starting to beat all of them. So we'll certainly see. Um, I have no personal ramp, but I'm just proud of us for making it through our first episode here.
0: I know I'm looking at the time. Cause we we're, were like, oh, do we even have 20 minutes of content? And we're like an hour and a half. So once we edit this thing down, we'll, we'll get it down. But, uh, Yeah, guys. Thanks a lot for joining us. If you want to interact with us daily, follow us on Graham or Twitter at GridGossipF1. And of course, please do follow us on your podcast platform of preference. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Peace.